0: Praise the Lord, everybody. God bless you on this Sunday morning in the month of October, moving into fall season. It seems like this year has really been moving awfully quickly, but it seems like as every year passes, the time speeds up, even though we know it doesn't. I think that's in the great anticipation that we have for the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to call away his bride from the impending judgment that is to come. If you pay attention to everything that's going on, even in the political scene, how things are being set up for uh, a one ruling government over the entirety of the earth, where one person, which the Bible declares is antichrist, will set himself up as God and command and demand that all human beings worship him. But thanks be to God for the glorious news of the Gospel. We won't be here by faith and our understanding of the Word of God. We will be caught away to meet Jesus in the air when He comes, which will institute the going into the time of tribulation, the time of Jacob's trouble. We thank the Lord again for each of you, and we're excited about what God is doing, even as we are looking at everything that's occurring on the political landscape uh, globally and even um, nationally or locally. For we see these things and we're not um, downtrodden because of them because the Lord said when we see them, look up for his coming is soon. So we thank God for that. And I know that um, in in the times in which we live, it can uh, get to the point where you feel like Uh, You you get frustrated with the way things are, you you don't feel safe anywhere, you feel powerless to make any changes or to engage in uh, anything that's uh, of any meaning or has any lasting impact. Uh, I see this each and every day in people's lives. Uh, And people more and more today are trying to just hide and, and not be a part of anything. Now, there are those that are standing in the middle of chaos that seem like they have a great voice and uh, want to be a part of everything and determine what is to occur next. But there, there is a majority of people who just want to go on and, and just hope all this goes away. Was the children of God, being powerless is not really a truth for us. Being powerless, and I want you to understand this. Being powerless is something the enemy wants you to believe because he recognizes that the power that exists in the believer is greater than the power that he possesses. The power that exists in the believer is eternal and the power of our enemy is temporary. I want you to understand something vitally important. And if you don't remember anything from today's sermon, I want you to remember its title. We are empowered by God over our enemy. And if we are to believe the word and recognize that the word speaks only truth, then in actuality, what we possess is all power if we are true believers Of Jesus Christ. If we have truly died with him and been arisen in him, if truly the life we now live, we live by the power of God in us, perfecting us, working in us, carrying out the purpose he has for us. If we are to function in that, then in all truth, since all power in heaven and in earth has been given over to him and he is what's alive in us, and we, by truth, possess all power. Let me give you just a, a few foundational scriptures from which um, I want to just talk to you this morning. Matthew 10 and the first chapter, or the first verse, I'm sorry. Matthew, the 10th chapter and the first verse. And I I typically will read from the King James Version um, Sometimes I'll use other versions for varying reasons, and at that point I'll tell you why I do that. But um, typically when I quote a scripture, it's going to be from the King James Version. So turn with me, and I'm going to give you a few, but I want to read them as we're going along. Uh, Matthew, the 10th chapter in the first verse, which declares, and when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out, and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. This is what Jesus has done. Turn with me to the book of Mark, the third chapter, the 13th through the 15th verse. Mark three thirteen through 15. And it reads, And he goeth up into a mountain, and calleth unto him whom he would. And they came unto him. And he ordained 12 that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach and to have power to heal sickness and to cast out devils. Again, in the book of Mark, in the sixth chapter and the seventh verse, Mark 6, 7, it says, and he called unto him the 12 and began to send them forth by two and two and gave them power over unclean spirits. Let's shift gears again and switch over into the book of Luke, the ninth chapter, the first and the second verse, Luke 9, 1 and 2, where it declares, then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases, and he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Let's continue on in the book of Luke. We're going to jump down to the 10th um, chapter and uh, we'll start at the 17th verse. We'll start at the 17th and um, stop at the 20th. Luke 10, 17 through 20. And it says, and the 70 returned again with joy. Now, just before I I, I finish reading, I want you to recognize something that's occurring here. So we start out with with these texts, and and we're uh, understanding that initially he brought, called the 12 unto him, his disciples, his 12 disciples, and he gave them power to cast out devils and to heal the sick. But as we get further into Luke, we find out the 12 has now become 70. So there's this idea that that is uh, pushed that uh, only the the 12 disciples or the original disciples that we call the apostles um, really had that power. But we see here that the 12 has now become 70. So it's not just the original 12, but it is the extension of God's grace into the life of the believer, those who have discipled themselves to Christ that carry the joy of his power. So let's get back to the text, Luke ten seventeen through 20. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not, that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Let's move over to John, the first chapter, in the twelfth verse. Now, anytime something is given, it has to be received. I can give or make the um, take the action of giving, but if what I'm giving is not received, then The person I'm trying to give whatever to cannot benefit from it until they receive it. John 1 and 12. And it says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now, let's shift gears again over into the book of Acts The first chapter in the eighth verse. I know this is a lot of scripture, but that's what we preach. We preach the word of God. Acts 1 and 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So we must realize this one true fact. And I want you to understand this is foundational for the believer. This is foundational for those that are in Christ, who have received Christ. We have the power of God within us to carry out the will and purpose of God in this world. Every bit of power and authority and resource necessary to fulfill the call of God on our life, God has not only established it, but he has released it into the life of the believer. And that right there, that's something for you to be excited about. Right there, that is something for you to uh, be able to hang your hat on, to, to give God praise, glory, and, and, and a shout of jubilee because God has extended to you everything necessary for you to fulfill what he's called you to fulfill. That means the purpose, now there, you have purpose, God created you by design. Anything that's created by design is created on purpose for a purpose. And not only did God endow you with purpose, you as an individual, us collectively, he not only endows us with purpose... But he fulfills that purpose in us by empowering us with everything necessary that we might enjoy success in the very thing we are purposed to do for his glory. And the enemy does not want us to realize our true potential in God. He does not want you to begin to identify yourself with the power that God has planted within your very soul to accomplish your calling in the earth. You see if you're really to understand what the devil recognizes, the devil recognizes that you are very dangerous and deadly to his plans and the plans of the kingdom of darkness. The worst thing the church could have ever done in society is isolate themselves or become quiet. We are the voice of God in the earth, the body of Christ, the church, the people of God. We are his voice in the earth. And if you look at the pattern and practice and behavior of our enemy, you'll find that everywhere the church had voice, the enemy is trying to do away with that voice, that influence, because you are dangerous. You see, Michael Jackson used to sing a song, you know, I'm dangerous, but he had no idea what he was even talking about. We, the body of Christ, are dangerous. We the children of God are dangerous. We are deadly to the plans of Satan in the kingdom of darkness because we we embody everything that is God. It's, you know, his desire to keep you from the destiny that God created you for. He wants to keep you from it by any means necessary. So when we look at the scriptures we have read, uh, you know, that I read to you, we we can clearly see that Jesus is calling his disciples unto unto him, and he's giving them power, power to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to preach the gospel, and carry God's plan, uh, you know, out throughout the earth. So to receive this power, you have to be a disciple, and let me just start there. You have to be a disciple. That is one that has received it, okay? Received the power to become the sons and daughters of God. And to receive that, you have to be a disciple. That's a believer. And there are many who are running around professing that they have the power of God, but in truth, they have no power at all, at all because they have resisted what it is to be a child of God. And if the word of God in you remains rootless, then the fruit of God in you will be fruitless. And without God's backing, you are definitely in a state of lacking. You cannot be successful in the things of God without the backing of God. The word of God teaches us in Matthew, the 16th chapter and the 19th verse. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. What a powerful scripture. Understand, when you operate outside the backing of God, you will end up like this. Acts 19 and 14 And I want to kind of hone in on this. Acts 19 and 14. I'll read it to the 17th verse. And it declares And there were seven sons, one Sceva, a Jew, and a chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are ye? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus and fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. You have to understand that you are a bad somebody when the devil knows your name. Without Jesus, you are powerless. But with Jesus, you are filled, embodied with what is power itself. The very core and essence of power. Now, I'm going to use Luke, the 10th chapter, the 17th through the 20th uh, 20th verse as my main scriptural foundational text today. And as we see here, the the 70 are returning from their work uh, with a great testimony, now, let me stop there just for a moment. You see, what we, what we've, what we've issue, the issue that's come up in the church today is that we've uh, you know, lost our testimony. Many of us, as a matter of fact, I, I would argue probably rarely any church nowadays even has what we used to call testimony service. And every time we got into something, we cried and we pleaded to get out of it. And, and, you know, we have not endured like we should. We've been pampered too much within the body of Christ. And, And many of us can't stand without someone else offering us support. We have become like the drunkard who has lost his focus and balance. He can't hardly stand without falling over. And he's so imbalanced, he dare not take a step lest he fall over. And this is like many in the, in the body of Christ today. Instead of trusting and standing, we got drunk on hope that we could bury our sorrow and our fear in Jesus. Jesus never said that the journey we endure in this life would be easy. But what he did say was that every step of this journey, he would be right there with us. Now, some of you have been carried for so long that you've forgotten what it is to even walk. You don't understand how to take your right foot and place it in front of your left foot and move forward in that momentum that carries you from one place to another. God did not give his power to you to bury it, but so that you through it might produce a testimony in your life that brings glory to the Lord. The very essence of your creation in its essential state is to glorify God. You are the carrier of the glory of God God empowers you so that you might bring his glory into all creation now we see the the 70 and the returning now understand for one to return anywhere he has to have gone somewhere first for one to return with a testimony he's not only gone somewhere but he did something When he got there, now I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes today. Uh, In actuality, I want to crush your toes so that you will get up and go exercise the gift and power that God has placed in your life. We need to stir up the gift of God within us, the Bible tells us. Some of you may start to stir up the gift because it sounds good, but then you get seasick, so you stop stirring. God said that you need to keep it stirring, and after a while, you won't be seasick anymore, but you will become sea-hardened and a bearer of his truth. You are about to get your sea legs. Somebody ought to give God some praise. So we see that the 70, they return with this testimony. Now, there are some points that need to be illustrated for you here. And and, and I'm I'm really trying to keep my preacher down. But when you begin to talk about the the joy of the Lord and the power of God in your life, it becomes difficult sometimes to stay contained. So if I get a little crazy, don't, don't worry, you pray for me. Now, these 70, they return with a testimony. They return with joy, which is taken from the Greek word chara. And and what this means is that they returned with a heart full of rejoicing and great gladness. They came back singing praises for everything that God had done through them. Now, the stark difference in many of us is that we don't sing anything anymore except nonsense from the world. We have the attitude that I'm just happy I made it out of whatever it was that I was in. Man, I almost didn't make it. What a weight that was on my shoulders. That was, that was a hard journey, man. I, I tell you, life sometimes sucks. Man, I thought that that would never end. I, I wasn't sure if I would ever see the light at the end of the tunnel. You see, the problem is, is our attitude stinks. Our attitude will determine our altitude. How high you go in God is fueled by the attitude you have about God. If you want to go higher... You have to have a higher attitude about God. You can go as high as your attitude will allow you. As for me, there are no limits to the heights in God that I can go. God has given me wings to fly and yes, I believe I can fly. I believe absolutely I will touch the sky and I think about that every night and day. I spread my wings and I will fly away. I believe I can soar. I see myself running through that open door. I believe I can fly I believe I can fly I believe I can fly whatsoever you believe that you can do you see Elder Sean Marshall you're not the only one that thinks he can reach the heights with the wings of eagles We need to be as they were filled with great joy and full of rejoicing over the phenomenal works of God that are being performed in and through our lives. And if you believe it, then you ought to give God some praise right now for the phenomenal work that God is performing in your present situation right now. The old folks used to say, don't wait till the battle is over. Shout now. Why? Why can I shout now? I can shout now because I know that in the end of this thing I'm gonna win in the end of this thing my head is gonna be lifted up in the end of this thing I'm gonna carry the trophy of my victory Right now, sickness is being healed. Right now, doors are being opened. Right now, money is being loosed. Right now, demons are being cast out. Right now, your family is getting saved. Right now, others are bending over backwards to just get in line to be a blessing to you. Right now, right now, you ought to speak this word over your life that is being done for you right now. now these 70, they returned with evidence. Evidence representative of astounding results. Anything less for a believer is not of God. God does not do mediocre things. God does astounding things. They were even flabbergasted that the demons were subject to them. Now we must understand that there are two principles that we have to recognize before I continue uh, on today. First, the power had come through the name of Jesus, through the name of Yeshua HaMashiach. Acts 4 and 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men Whereby we must be saved, second, there was an understanding that in themselves they were unable to do any of the great things that they had done. You see, their humanity was weak and frail. the power did not come from them, but it comes from God alone through the indwelling of Holy Ghost by the power or the authority of the name Jesus. Only through Jesus can we move beyond the boundaries of this weak flesh and experience the full power of God in us. You cannot enjoy lasting success if you try to do it in your own power. But the Bible tells us that they returned in praise, giving glory to God for what he had done through them. They were not bringing attention to themselves, but rather to what Jesus had done through them. To God be glory, dominion, power, and majesty forever. They returned having ministered to men's bodies and souls. They both cast out demons, which was a spiritual healing, and they cast out sickness in their natural body, which was a healing of that natural thing. And as we further delve into this text, we see that we have power over the devil. I want you to recognize what Jesus himself says. He says he saw Satan Falling from heaven And this means falling from the height And summit of his power Now the word beheld in the text Is translated from a Greek word Which means Jesus envisioned Satan's falling from the summit of his power As the God and prince of this world Jesus saw the victorious 70's mission As a sign of the total defeat Of the devil that had begun Jesus saw Satan defeated in the souls of men. When Satan raises his head up in your life, you ought to recognize first off that you're talking to a defeated foe. He's already lost. He lost before he ever got in the ring. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 says, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God! Who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace, ye are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. not of works lest any man should boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God has before ordained that we should walk in them what a powerful testimony about who we are in the victory of Jesus over the devil Jesus saw Satan defeated and he continues to see him defeated through the spreading of the gospel John 12, 31 and 32 says, Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And if I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. Jesus saw Satan defeated in the daily strategies and struggles which he wages against us. You have to recognize, I'm trying to give you a glimpse of what Jesus envisioned. According to the word of God, when Jesus saw him cast out of heaven, when Jesus saw him fall to the earth, Ephesians 6, 10 through 12, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. But Jesus saw him defeated, not from his perch of height. Jesus saw Satan defeated through the death of himself on the cross. Colossians 2 and 5 declares and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. 1 Peter 2 and 24 says, who is own self bear our sin in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed let's examine this foundational text just a a little bit further we have power not just over the devil but over all of our enemies so what's the meaning of power over scorpions and serpents well, we are in the care of God. No matter what the situation may be, we are in the hands of God. I heard Paul, when he declared in, to the uh, Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-three through 30, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths often, of the Jews five times received thy forty stripes save one thrice was I beaten with rods once uh, was I stoned thrice I suffered shipwreck a night and a day I have been in the deep in journeyings often in peril of waters in peril of robbers in perils by my own countrymen in perils by the heathen in perils in this city in perils in the wilderness in perils in the sea in perils among false brethren in weariness And painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, beside those. Things that are without uh, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Who is weak? Ah, uh, am I not weak? Uh, who is offended? And I burn not. Uh, if I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern my infirmities. What a testimony! Recognizing that even through everything that Paul declaring that greater than anyone, he's been through it. He's dealt with it through the grace of God. And this is just the natural side of the coin. But there is a spiritual meaning to this as well. We have power over the devil. Let me just try to give you five points today. I may not make it through. If I don't, I'll I'll hit you next week. First and foremost, the enemy does have power. The idea is that he actually has enormous power. Ephesians 6 and 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. This is what the word of God declares. But the Lord's power is much greater all eclipsing the power of the enemy. Romans 8 and 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God before us, who can be against us? 1 John 4 and 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The Lord gives his power to his laborer. Luke 9 and 1, then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. I'm here to tell you right now, if you're having some trouble with the power of the enemy over your life, you might want to recognize that maybe you aren't in the place you think you are and get yourself together and get right with God because the bearer of Christ Carries with him or her the very power of God which is the greatest power known to man. 2 Timothy 1 and 7 For God hath not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. These are the things that God has done for us. What a mighty God we serve. The laborer's power, the disciples' power, the the believer's power is over all the power of the enemy. Yes, he has power, but his power is not greater than the power that you have been given, that you are empowered by God who is all power, Ephesians 1 and 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, word who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Ephesians 3 and 20, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according, watch this, to the power that worketh in us. The disciple, the worker, the believer is perfectly secured against every enemy. No spiritual power shall by any means be able to touch that believer. They are secure in the hands of God. How do I know this? Because the book of John, the 10th chapter in the 29th verse declares, my father which gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand philippians 1 and verse 6 being confident of this very thing that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of jesus christ second thessalonians 3 and 3 but the lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil Oh, the word of God is rich with life, 2 Timothy 4 and 18. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work. He didn't say that the evil work wouldn't come, but he did say the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory uh, forever and ever. Amen. 1 Peter 1 and 5 who are kept by the power of God through faith under salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. We are in the last time. God is waiting for his people to stand up that he might re- uh, reveal his power in and through them. Jude 1, 24 through 25. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only ones, God our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. And all my favorite book, Genesis 28 and 15. And behold, I am with thee, and I will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken of to thee. Don't you know who you are? Let me just close with this today. You are greater than you think you are. You have more than you think you have. I heard the word of the, of the Lord say, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba! Father, For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. You see, the spirit itself, according to the text, beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if we are children according to the word, then we are heirs. Heirs of what? We are heirs of God. What is God? Everything that is God, we become a joint heir with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. This is why reading the word of God is so vitally important to the life of a believer because it identifies for you exactly who it is that you are according to the one who knows you better than anyone else. 1 Peter 1, 3-4 3-4 blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved for you in heaven and if you did not know what you really ought to be you ought to know now you ought to be praising God it's not the power, but rather the glory of the Lord Jesus. Because Revelation tells us that he that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Every once in a while, I get into a tussle with the devil and I tell the devil Yes, you know my history, but I know my future. You know where I've been, but I know where I'm going. You know what I've done, but I'm housed in the blood of the Lamb, washed and made whole by the blood of Jesus Christ. You are defeated. The Bible tells us in Revelation 21 and 27, and there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life I enjoy telling the devil you should have killed me when you had the opportunity but now you missed your time my name is written in the book of life I'm going home to be with my Savior but until I get there I'm going to release the full of his power within me against every evil that's in this earth and nothing by any means shall stop me I'm taking my life back I'm taking my spouse back I'm taking my children back I'm taking my mind back I'm on my way to heaven and the devil better stay out my way because I'm not ignorant of his devices nor am I any longer ignorant of my abilities through the power of Christ that has emboldened me to stand on the truth of the word of God. I'm walking into my victory. I'm walking into my destiny. I'm not running to it like I'm trying to flee. I'm walking into it because the victor walks as he receives his glory. Know who you are and how you have been embodied by Christ I have no problem saying that there is absolutely nothing that I can do because I'm weak when I do it in myself but the Bible tells me that in my weakness he Jesus makes me strong it is not what I do. It is what he is doing through me. If you want to enjoy the power of victory in your life, receive the gift of God to become a son or daughter of God so that you can wield the power of God, not illegitimately, but as an heir, a rightful heir to Everything that is God. God bless you. Have an awesome Sunday and know who you are. A believer filled with great power set on a path of great purpose who shall fulfill their purpose in the earth to the glory of the Lord for everything that you need to get you there has already been loosed into your hands. God bless you. This has been a production of the GMFC Studios. God bless you.